make it to the sermon, to the, we may not make it to the original opening Teach us the Father's Son to know from both that we your name may ever bless and in our lives the truth confess. Praise we. In the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching Him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities, with which I have ever offended you, and justly deserved your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them. And I pray you of your boundless mercy, for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, be gracious and merciful to me, a poor, sinful being. Upon this your confession, I, by virtue of my office, as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto all of you, and in this stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, Alleluia. Your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me, Alleluia. The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? For false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, Alleluia. Your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Hallelujah. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. Glory be to God on high. We praise Thee, we bless Thee, we worship Thee, we glorify Thee, we give thanks to Thee for Thy great glory. O Lord God, Heavenly King, God the Father Almighty, O Lord, the only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, O Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, that takest away the sin of the world, have mercy upon us. Thou that takest away the sin of the world, receive our prayer. Thou that sittest at the right hand of God the Father, have mercy upon us. For Thou only art holy, Thou only art the Lord, our only. O Christ, with the Holy Ghost, art most high in the glory of God the Father. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O King of glory and Lord of hosts, uplifted in triumph far above the heavens, leave us not without consolation, but send us thy Spirit of truth, whom thou hast promised from the Father. For you live and reign with him in the Holy Spirit, 
One God now and forever. The Old Testament lesson for this Exaudi Sunday, the seventh Sunday of Easter, is written in the 36th chapter of the prophet Ezekiel, beginning at the 22nd verse. Therefore say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, it is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but it is for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations to which you came. And I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, and which you have profaned among them. And the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Lord God, when through you I vindicate my holiness before their eyes. I will take you from the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanliness. And from all your idols I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, to be careful to obey my just decrees. And you shall dwell in the land which I gave to your fathers. And you shall be my people and I will be your God. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle lesson is written in the fourth chapter of St. Peter's first epistle, beginning at the seventh verse. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sin. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. Whoever speaks is one who speaks the oracles of God. Whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Alleluia! God reigns over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. Alleluia! I will not leave you as orphans. I am going away and I will come to you and your hearts will rejoice. Alleluia. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
The Holy Gospel is written in the 15th chapter of St. John, beginning at the 26th verse. Glory be to thee, Lord. Jesus said, When the Helper comes, he will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, and he will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. I have said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever murders you will think that he is offering God's service. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. But I have said these things to you, that when their hour comes, you may remember what I have told them to you. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men, for our salvation from heaven was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of the Father and he shall come again with glory to judge both the quick and the dead whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeded from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my moments and my days. Let them flow in ceaseless praise. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of Thy love. Take my feet and let them be 
swift and beautiful for thee. Take my voice and let me sing, always only for my King. Take my lips and let them be filled with messages from thee. Take my silver and my gold, not all might would I withhold. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The, the first persecution really began with the crucifixion of Jesus, and then, of course, the martyrdom of the first martyr, proto-martyr Stephen. But really, the persecutions of the Christian church in the first centuries, you know, the year 0 to 100, were normally just here and there, kind of sporadic, and it was mostly a civil more than a political thing. It wasn't really organized by the Roman government. In fact, if you look for organized Roman persecutions of the Christians, before 100, it's really, there's really no record of them. But something happens between 70 and 90, Anno Domini, the year of our Lord, 70 to 90, that changes all that and kind of sets up the church for the second century. And that is, and that, that is the visit of Gamaliel II, the leader of the Jewish school at Jamnia, who was considered to be the great Pharisee patriarch of the Jews after the fall of Rome. And he went to Rome and he made the case to the Roman emperor that the Jews were not the same as the Christians, that Christians, those who followed Christ, were really Jewish heretics. And therefore they were outside of the protections given by Rome to the Jews. You see, the Roman Empire was not very, very open to diversity of religion. They were, they were not uh, very understanding about differences of opinion. They wanted all religions to be under the authority of the Roman state. That's why in Rome there's a building called the Pantheon. Literally means all the gods. And if your god is in there, then you're protected and sanctioned. And if your god is not in there, then you're not. And you're open, there's open season on you. And see, the, the, the Jews had, were the exception to that rule because the Jews politically had supported the Romans from the time of the empire. And so when Augustus became the emperor, he said anybody that's Jewish is protected and they don't have to play the same religious games as the rest of the, as the, rest of the empire had to play. So they had a religious exemption. But Gamaliel II 
by successfully telling the emperors in Rome between 70 and 90 that, that the Christians were not really Jews, he sets the stage for vicious state policy of persecuting Christians for almost 200 years. In other words, what Christ had predicted, that they will be putting you out of synagogues, yes, the time is coming that whoever murders you will think that they are offering God service, was literally coming to pass. And these brutal persecutions were initiated by other Hebrews. The Hebrew Christians were being persecuted now by the Hebrew Jews, those who said, Jesus is not the Messiah. And so that's the reason why Jesus says that when this happens, then he will send a helper. He will send a helper from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father. He will testify of me. Now, this Spirit came at Pentecost, of course, because the persecutions began really with Jesus. They just get amplified as time goes on to more people, as more people become believers. And it's interesting, though, there's this word for helper or comforter is the root word for paraclete, paracletos, or paracletos, or paraclete as it's sometimes transliterated into English. But that's not what the word as it's used here in today's gospel lesson means. I mean, while, while helper or comforter is kind of included in that word, the, the real meaning of this word is different. Because, see, some people, some of us think that the Holy Spirit's role is to give us a good feeling, right? Make us feel good. And sometimes the Holy Spirit does do that. I don't deny it. Or, or maybe that the, the Holy Spirit is to be like a divine therapist to help us kind of come to grips with our lives and our place in the creation. Maybe. But not so much. At least not in today's gospel lesson. No, in today's gospel lesson, the word parakletos or paraclete it actually means an advocate helper. An advocate helper. One who is called in to help. As in, called in to help when you're in court. Right? Because anytime you have legal trouble, you need a lawyer. In fact, you need a good legal team. Not just one lawyer, but a good legal team. And that's the sense of this word here in the Greek. Philo of Alexandria uses this word, even though the Old Testament doesn't, and he uses this word 300 years before Jesus to represent an, that, that person which speaks on behalf of an accused person. According to St. Eusebius, one of the, the great historian of the early church, the chaplain to St. Augustine, I mean, I mean to Constantine, sorry, Constantine, he says that there was a man by the name of Epigathos who was a Paracletos of the persecu persecuted brothers before the governor. In general, then, a paraclete means a helper in court, one who speaks on behalf of those who are accused of something. Only in one instance in the scriptures is paraclete used, this word used for simply, simply somebody who gives you comfort. Okay, so it can be used in that way, but, but the force of today's gospel lesson really is more towards somebody that's part of your legal team when you're going to face the judge. And we see this idea of referring to Jesus, too, as part of that. In 1 John 2, where we see the chapter, second chapter of 1 John, the second chapter, where we read, if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, 
a lawyer with the Father, who is Jesus Christ the righteous, and he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but for the whole world. Thus, what can we conclude so far about the paraclete, or the helper, and by extension, Jesus Christ? Essentially, that Jesus and the Holy Spirit, the second and the third persons of the triune Godhead, are our legal team defending us against all condemnation, both heavenly and earthly. Because charges are brought against us in both realms, right? In the book of Job, we see how this happens, where the sons of God are reviewing before the throne of God the Father in heaven. And, and the devil, which literally means accuser, the accuser of the brethren, he comes and stands before God to accuse the saints. Because that's what the word devil means, one who accuses you, one who, one who lays down charges against you for something you've done. And Jesus says that his opponents are just like the devil. That's why Jesus says in John 8, and following, he says, you are of your father the devil for his deeds you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Who among you convinces me of sin? And of course, his opponents were silent because they couldn't. Yes, God's will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And what is God's will? God's will, as seen through Jesus' death on the cross, God's will is that you be declared innocent before the throne of God, the ultimate supreme court of all things. That's God's will. That's why Jesus died for us, so that we would be pronounced innocent before the great throne, the great bar of justice in heaven, where there are no legal maneuvers to get out of things. And the judge does not take a bribe. Now, now are we without sin? Is the devil's accusations against us false? No, they're not false. None of us are without sin. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, every single one of us. But that doesn't matter because Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. It is Jesus that the piece of artwork represents. He is the author and perfecter of our faith. And in him we are new creations. We are new creations because we've been born again of water in the spirit in the miracle of holy baptism where we literally put on Christ where the old passes away and everything becomes new. Yes, through baptism we know that we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. In other words, when Jesus and the Holy Spirit argue before God's bar of justice in heaven, in that most supreme of all courts, our sins become irrelevant. Because the court must admit the fact that Jesus has paid for all of our sins in his own body on the cross. Yes, on the cross, our sins were finished when Jesus said it is finished. On his cross, Jesus Christ took our sins upon himself and gave us his righteousness in exchange. Therefore, the help that the helper brings and the comfort that the comforter gives is based not on anything that is within us, but everything that is in Jesus. Yes, and the comfort 
that Jesus' saints, his holy ones, we who have been born again of water and the Spirit experience is the judgment which God the Father hands down declaring us innocent because of Christ, innocent of all charges. Therefore, Gamaliel II was wrong. He was wrong when he said that we Christians are heretics that have somehow perverted the Hebrew religion of the Old Testament. That is false. We are not. He is wrong. He is the heretic, not us. We've never violated the Old Testament religion, the, the promise that the Messiah would bring deliverance. Not at all. Because we acknowledge that we are saved by grace through faith, and not what we've done, but what God has done for us. And that is the, the, that's the narrative, that's the overarching story of the entire scriptures. From the very beginning in, in chapter 3 of Genesis, we, we read how God said to Adam and Eve, that the, the, the seed of the blessed woman would come and crush the head of the serpent. That blessed seed is Jesus, who has no human father. Yes, Habakkuk the prophet was right when he said the just shall live by faith. We know that Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness. He had faith in God's word. Noah, we read, was a justified man by faith. Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. By faith, Enoch was taken up and did not see death. But without faith, the scriptures declare, it is impossible to please God. For who, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Do we seek him diligently? Noah, by faith, prepared the ark. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go to a place that he did not know and receive an inheritance there, not knowing where he was going. He did it by faith. And by faith, Sarah, his wife, re received strength to conceive seed and to have a child when she was past the age because she judged God faithful who had promised. Hebrews 11 Yes, because our faith is located in Jesus, because it is given to us by Jesus, the faith we have saves us. It's Jesus' faith, not ours, really. No, Gamaliel II's accusation that we Christians are heretics is unfounded and untrue. And so are the devil's accusations in heaven against us. Though true, they are also irrelevant because Christ Jesus has taken away our sins and paid the penalty of them on the cross. And his death upon the cross became our death on the cross when we were joined to him in the waters of holy baptism. In the flood of holy baptism, our sins were washed away just as, just as completely and, and, and comprehensively as the old world died beneath the waves upon which Noah's ark sailed. And when we take and eat and take and drink Jesus' true body and blood in the Lord's Supper and the Holy Eucharist, we are truly and forever forgiven. Yes, because Jesus gives us his righteousness and his faith, the devil's accusations against us fall flat. Which is the argument the paraclete and Jesus Christ, God's Son, makes before the justice bar of God the Father's courtroom in the heavens. In the name of Jesus. Amen.
<clears throat> Welcome everybody this morning. It's great to have everyone here. Um, just a few things going on this week. Uh, men's coffee, of course, Tuesday, and then also um, then um, this Saturday we'll, we will be having uh, the swaddling clothes in the fellowship hall, those who are part of that. And then also, not on the Blue News, but the 6th through the 10th, we will be attending, the youth will be going to St. Augustine for a youth retreat. And of course, any youth that want to be part of that are certainly encouraged and welcome to be par- part of that event. It should be, should be a lot of fun. Just talk to uh, Amanda or Hector Ramos or myself if you have questions, and we'll be happy to um, answer them. Uh, also, we have several prayer requests today. On Thursday, uh, at the Ascension Service, we prayed for Elmer Davis, which is the grandfather of Jessica Cole. He was in the hospital, and I guess he's doing better, Jessica says. Also, um, from first service, Roger and Kim Clay asked that we pray for Judy Humphrey, who is having surgery this week. Also, um, the Pacey's and the Clays asked that we pray for the Valentine family. Um, Evidently, uh, Jeff Valentine uh, took his own life, it appears. Um, So we pray for that family as they're trying to make sense of this tragedy. And then uh, Aaron Bird asked that we pray for the family, for the Williams family of Landers Dean. Um, The the Williams family lost, Landers Dean lost um, his, um, his, his battle with cancer. Is that correct? Her? Sorry, I apologize. Her, her, her um, um, battle with cancer. And then also, um, we also have a prayer request. Bonnie Smith asked that we pray for Marilyn Williams, um, who passed out uh, and is being tested for, for that reason. Is that correct? Okay, Bonnie, we'll, we'll pray for, for Marilyn as well. I apologize on Lander. I'll get that right. Good. Let us pray, shall we? In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace that is from above and for the well-being of the churches of Christ and the godly unity of all Christendom, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for those who in faith, piety, and the fear of God offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. For Matthew and Eric, our shepherds and bishops in Christ, for all pastors and teachers and all people, let us pray to the Lord. For our nation, all our people, for our president and Congress, our governor and legislature, our judges and magistrates, and all who serve in public office, let us pray to the Lord. For the sick and the sorrowing, for those who mourn, for those who are in need and distress, for the homebound and the infirm, especially we pray this day for Doris and Ed, for Bill and and Joyce, for Mary and, and Mark, for Eddie and Norma, for Kim and Suzette. For Glenn and, and Dean, Terry and Jack, uh, Jackie, for uh, Tony and, and Chris, Marion and Meredith, James and George, Larry Dean and, and Earl, Suzette and Bob, Mallory and Mark, Hank and Sandy, Isaac, Haley and Jay, for Tracy and Michelle, Karen, Carl and Karen, Jimmy and Tina, Ainsley and Kevin, Ron and Mary Ellen, Brian and Natalie, for Thelma, Jesse, Ralph and Theo. For Easton, Doug, Hugh, Waylon, and Ryan. We also pray for the families of our parish who mourn, especially the Tatum and Rogers family, the Teckle family, the Gross family, the Floriansig and Parsons family, the Freeman family, the Nielsen family, the Osbacher and Schwartz family, the Gallardi 
family, the Whitfield family, the Gershenschlager family, the Johnston and Williams family, and the Bird and Ulrich families. And we pray, Heavenly Father, also uh, for those who are in the service to our country's armed forces, especially as Memorial Day is tomorrow, especially for Riley, Paul, Turner, Paul, and Hayden. And we pray, Heavenly Father, for all of our university students, including Minnie, Noah, Harrison, John, uh, Katie, Dylan, Aiden, Sarah, Jason, and Jacob. And we pray, Heavenly Father, also for those to whom death is drawing near and for us all, that when our last hour shall come, we may depart this life in the confidence of the sure faith and the consolation of a right, devout, and holy hope, and in the communion of Christ's holy church. Let us pray to the Lord. Recalling those who have gone before us in the faith and rejoicing to share with them the Sabbath rest which Christ has won for his people, that together with them we may be found faithful in the day of judgment and rejoice in the day of the resurrection of the dead. Let us pray to the Lord. We pray especially uh, this day for uh, Marilyn and also um, for, for Judy and for, and for Elmer. Almighty and everlasting God, the salvation of them that believe, hear our prayers on behalf of thy servants, Elmer, Marilyn, and Judy, for whom we offer up our supplications and prayers. We pray and implore thy aid and mercy for them, that if it be your will, that thou wouldst restore unto them their health, so that they may give thanks to thee in thy church, the merits of Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, we pray. And we also pray for Aaron... We pray not for Aaron, we pray for um, the Williams family and the family of Landers Dean. And we also pray uh, for um, the Valentine family as they mourn the death of Jeff. Have compassion, O Lord, upon all who are in the Williams family and, and those who mourn the death of Landers Dean. We pray that you would be thou their comforter and friend and give unto them such earthly solace as thou seekest to be best for them and bring them to a full knowledge of thy love. Wipe away all their tears for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Son of the Lord, we pray. And then finally, we pray um, for the Valentine family as they mourn the death of Jeff, Fam Jeff Valentine. Lord God, Heavenly Father, have compassion upon all who mourn and are desolate because of the death of Jeff Valentine. We live in a world that we cannot understand, and we, we do not understand what happened with Jeff. Only you, Lord, know. And so we ask for special consolation for those who survived this, this ununderstandable tragedy. We pray that you would be with them as they, as they go through the mourning process. And we pray and commend Jeff's soul to your mercy. We ask this in Jesus' name, who lives and reigns with you, Heavenly Father, and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.